You are listening to Speak On It with Who You With, Kurt Dog and Miss Risky. We are talking about uh, the difference between black laws and white laws. Um, so definitely continue to tune in. And um, hopefully this will help someone that don't understand the difference between them. But by being a, a black person ourselves, um, we have experienced this. We see the difference between it. Uh, when two people commit the same crime, go to the same judge, and it's a different sentence served based upon the color of their skin. Go ahead, Miss Risky. So one opponent of Democratic State Senator Aubrey, Audrey Gibson has called the Stand Your Ground measure get a, a getaway with murder bill. Alexander, who has a daughter of an army sergeant grew up around guns, says she knew little about Florida's Stand Your Ground law when she was first charged with aggravated assault after she fired at her husband during the confrontation in her Jacksonville home. She said it was a warning shot, but the judge denied her a chance to use the Stand Your Ground defense, saying she didn't do enough to prove she feared for her safety. So notice that trend, and, and you've seen this throughout the years, and we've done these stories where the Karens, oh, I fear for my life, but yet you're in my face. They get away with it, and we can't. <laughs> well, I, I know we have a storyline, but then we haven't really talked about this, but this came out earlier today. As we're talking about Stand Your Ground, uh, Senate votes to allow concealed carry of guns without training or background checks. So that just came out today. And all these folks saying that they fear for their life, that's taking us back to the wild, wild west days. The only difference is you don't know if a person have a gun or don't have a gun. But if well, it's it, not taking us back to the wild, wild west, at least they knew what the situation was. Like everybody was on the same level. Yeah. Like survival, you know. Here, it's just like they said, it's a, a get, you know, a way to murder people and get away with it. The murder bill. Like you can just use the key words, I feared for my life. And if you're a certain complexion, you get away with it. And if you hadn't, if you had skin been kissed by God's son, Guess what? Don't try that. Don't try that. You will be arrested on the spot. Exactly. You know, we're guilty before. <laughs> like, like before we, we even get a, a trial or anything, we're automatically guilty. Um, just like uh, uh, in the case of George Zimmerman, he, in 2013, told the police in a phone call um, he stated he spotted a real suspicious guy. What made Trayvon Martin suspicious? It wasn't really clear at the time, besides the fact that he wore a hoodie with a sweatshirt and walked slowly in the rain. Um, Zimmerman called Stanford police at 7.09 uh, p.m. In, uh, to, report it, to report his suspicions. He told the dispatcher that the man in a gray hoodie was just walking around and looking all at all the houses, and now he's staring at me. Uh, he also t- 
told the police he's coming back to check me out. And and he asked, how long until the, uh, you can get an officer here? And so they instructed him that they've got police officers on the way. And then they on the call that was reported, they, get, they hear Zerman saying in frustration, these assholes always get away. Uh-huh. These assholes, like he doesn't even know this boy. Like he wasn't running, he, you know, like what made him suspicious besides his dark skin. So eventually there was a struggle and Zimmerman uh, eventually shot him in the chest. Um, I'm going to skip past most of it because we, we all know the story, but um, as deliberations progressed, the jury's, uh, the jurors initially were inclined to find Zimmerman guilty, came around to view that the law says at the end of the day, all that mattered was who was on top and who was on the bottom. And, they, and the evidence suggested that Martin was on top and Zimmerman was on the bottom. So he was losing his his, his fight. He was getting in the ass whoop. Right. You know, because he accosted some man they told to leave him alone. And he thought he was going to be, you know, big and bad with his gun. And this kid was uh, taking him down. Um, and so they eventually rendered a verdict of not guilty. And as in the, the Jim Crow era, jurors continue to convict and sentence black folk very differently than white folk for the same crime. Um, like you see in the Florida Stand Your Ground case. And we're going to see more and more of that coming uh, in the future. Like I guarantee you with all these new gun laws. So we continue to treat rate, uh, racialized trials uh, as a uh, as so though race doesn't uh, race doesn't matter, or that white folks are unbiased uh, arbiters in such cases, um, and the legacy of pathologizing people of color while excusing the violence of whites is now more strongly institutionalized, um, but it's also more subtle with no individual blatant acts of bigotry to raise alarms. And this is how modern day Jim Crow survives. So next we're going to talk about the bias system. Okay. Uh, welcome to the show, Radio Chaos, always uh, supporting the show. Thank you for tuning in. It is our last show of the year. Uh, please, if you are just not tuning in, go to YouTube, uh, subscribe to the channel, like, share, and make a comment. Uh, to say uh, hashtag speak on it, uh, to be entered into the drawing that will happen. Uh, the contest will end on the 31st of this month. Then we will do a drawing to give out prizes, uh, which the prizes are really good. Um, and then you could go to both of our social media page and do the same thing. Uh, by doing that, you have to like or follow us, and we will enter your name into the contest another time, but you have to do it. Please do not subscribe and unsubscribe. Subscribe and stay on there. And we would always... Like <laughs> exactly. I know Radio like us. He's been with us for over a year now. So um, so that's good. Um, but 
let's go to this bias because I'm 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 looking at this picture and it's pissing me off. Um, so next story. So these are the people we're gonna be talking about next. So in the spring of 2014, Sadie Jones and Brisha Borden attempted to steal an unlocked uh, Huffy bike bicycle and razor scooter from the lawn of a Fort Lauderdale home. Before the two could flee the scene, and after they realized the toys were too small for them, they were arrested and charged with burglary and petty theft. The items were valued at $80. Compare this crime to uh, at, uh, another uh, in another uh, location, North Fort Lauderdale, uh, the previous summer. Vernon Prater, who had previously been convicted of multiple armed robberies, was arrested for stealing tools from Home Depot. The items were also valued about $80, $86. When Jones, Gordon, and Prater were booked uh, into jail, a computer program issued a prediction of the likelihood of each committing a future crime. The program, North Point Inc.'s Correctional Offender Management Profiling for Alternative Sanctions, or what uh, they call it, COMPASS, issued surprising predictions. Now, this was Jones' first event, and she was uh, identified as medium risk. Warden, Warden, whose only priors were misdemeanors, misdemeanors, committed as a juvenile was identified as high risk. And Prater, the seasonal criminal, came back with low risk. Prater has since been charged with 30 felony counts, including burglary and grand theft. He currently sits, I don't know right now, but he may be out by now. But uh, at the time this uh, was done, he was, had uh, been in the Florida State Prison for his crimes. Gordon and Jones completed probation without reoffending. The prediction issued by Compass weren't idle speculations. This is predictions, also known as risk assessment scores, inform uh, decisions at various stages of the criminal's ju- uh, criminal justice system. In Gordon and Jones' case, the scores arguably meant a higher bound, bond amount from zero to a thousand. Compass falsely identifies black defendants as future criminals at almost twice the rate of white defendants. It also falsely identifies white defendants as low risk more often than black defendants. Uh, programs like Compass are Increasing, um, uh, increasingly popular in courtrooms around the nation. Um, this is a part of a trend in the increased use of data-driven decision-making. Um, and it states in uh, England at about 2016, uh, advertisers want data to reach profitable consumers 
medical professionals to find side effects of prescription drugs, chain supply or supply chain operators to optimize their delivery routes, police to determine where to focus resources, and social science scientists to study human interactive interactions. Um, but the data, as above quoted, uh, noted is a non, uh, it is a non panacea. Uh, it's a serious concern because, uh, as one of the White House reported, the big data and analytics have a potential to eclipse longstanding civil rights protection in how personal information is used in housing, credit, employment, health, education, and marketplace. And to give a sense of how this can happen, consider the following case. A firm wants to automate decision-making uh, relating hiring. They have a large data set with information about their employees, which includes employee zip codes, the length of tenure at a firm. The zip codes we can imagine correlate with race, most of the firm's past, present, and, and present white employees live in one zip code and blacks on another zip code. Um, there is a strong anti-black bias in the employee review process. And for this reason, turnover amongst black employees is high. The firm identifies long tenure as one element of being a good employee and mines their data set to find correlations between the tenure and set up a scoring system where applicants gain or lose points based on their zip code. Obviously, the automated system will discriminate against black people. Further, it inherits uh, this discriminatory, uh, discriminatory deposition from a pattern of discrimination that was present in its training data. We can imagine that the firm had the, the best intentions in setting up this, this system, but uh, perhaps they learned that they had a reputation of being biased against Black people. Uh, in an effort to eliminate human bias from their decision processes, they automated it as much uh, of their decision-making as possible. The problem, of course, is that their automated system is biased because their predecessors set it up that way. Plausibly, this is what happens with Compass. Indeed, North Point Inc. published a paper defending Compass where they identified its bias as a natural consequence of using unbiased scoring rules for groups that happen to have different distribution of scores. What is that? In other words, it's okay that Compass falsely identifies black defendants as future criminals at a higher rate than white defendants. After all, black people are disproportionately likely to be arrested. Mm. So millions of Americans struggle um, at, uh, like while millions of Americans were uh, shrugging off their fear of the coronavirus this past, you know, the, the past holiday weekends, they flocked in crowds in beaches, lakes, and restaurants. Unfortunately, there's another type of contagion that keeps some white people paralyzed. 
fear of black men in public places. <laughs> <laughs> Memorial Day 2021. Um, that weekend saw a release of two disturbing videos involving black men. One showed a white Minneapolis police officer with his knee on the neck of a black man who was gasping, I can't breathe. Man later died. In the second incident, a white woman was walking her dog in New York Central Park, and she got into a dispute with a black man who asked her to leash her pet. A video shot by the man shows her vowing to call the police and saying, I'm going to tell them uh, there's an African-American man threatening my life. Both episodes came not long after the release of another video showing Ahmaud Aubrey, an unarmed 25-year-old black man shot to death after encountering two white uh, armed men while jogging in Georgia. Black men have long been the boogeyman in white America's collective psyche. There's something about us that brings out the worst in many people. <laughs> white American, as long uh, as black men, uh, white America has long associated black men with criminality and hypersexuality. It permeates our history and our art. Um, we are Nat Turner who terrified plantation owners when he led the 19th century slave rebellion, where Bigger Thomas from Richard Wright's native son, where Marlo Stansfield, the ice cold drug dealer from HBO's The Wire. That's why some society uh, or some social science experiments show that even trained police officers are uh, trained police officers are biased to uh, see a black man as a threat. This fear of the black man doesn't uh, doesn't just spring from racism; it's psychological. There is a body of work in literature and psychology that speaks to a historically uh, traditional or tradition where some white people, white men in particular, project a primal aggression that they refuse to see in themselves onto black people. The black man has been represented. Uh, it's essentially uh, replaced the devil made me do it or did it. Exactly. Which goes into the next segment. <laughs> so, so it's a couple of things in this one that you said. One, even the damn computer discriminate against us. Exactly. So that tells you a lot. This young lady. And it goes with redlining as well, like how certain cities and schools get funded. Uh, it's all biased information that's put into a computer and though the person who, who set it up that way didn't mean it to be biased against other races that's what it's doing because they're like oh well this neighborhood here needs this because we want to protect this we're going to forget about this so everybody on that line gets screwed these people yeah, yeah. <laughs> regardless of race and and what what pissed me off about the picture that you sent earlier by Bernard Prater and Patricia uh, Borden. Okay, prior to armed robberies, one attempted armed robbery, um, he was um, charged with um, grand theft. Uh, he's listed as a low risk. Um, 
As for Borisha Borden, prior offense for juvenile misdemeanor. So those files should have been sealed. Uh, and had nothing to do with the present. Exactly. And that's why we get like we get convicted before we're even set in, set up in in the courtroom. Like they're looking at our like our past, our parents' past. Well, their mom was in jail, and da da da. Like they go to whole family history, and it's like. I, I just stole bubblegum. Twenty years, <laughs> <laughs> and and that's the that's the reason why uh, you hear about they start to pick and choose, or uh, they do these surveys about how many black kids is going to end up in the prison sickness, it's prison system as a child. They test them and and they say, oh, they're going to end up pr- in prison. Well, if somebody voted I was going to end up in prison, they could kiss my ass because I'm not going to jail. Never been to jail, not going. So I'm too pretty to jail. Yeah, you're not. <laughs> oh, you're not going to go in there like uh, uh, little Becky after storming yeah, the... Like, I'm going to lose 20 pounds. And do yoga all day. Yeah. She might be doing yoga, but somebody going to be behind her. Big Bertha. <laughs> Gonna be downward dog. (laughs) Downward dog. dog. Get down there and wash my drawers again. Uh, Welcome to the show, T Cal. I seen T Cal come in. Uh, Thank you for supporting the show. Uh, She said last show of the year with the Terry, ma'am, Marcellus. Not the last show. What if? What am I gonna do on my Thursday nights? He's so heartbroken. And then he said, <clears throat> oh, hello, Miss Risky. And that's what he said. Uh, well, we got to remember that the prison industry system is an hustle. Yes, it is. It is. Prison system make great money. Uh, and that's why so many. When we talked about that in earlier shows, how they make money off a certain group of people. Was it like the 14th Amendment? That the one after slavery. Yeah. I can't remember that far back. Somebody remind me. Radio, do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> I know radio would, would, would definitely remember. So taking notes. <laughs> he probably strolling through his paper. Let me let me see. That was on uh February the seventh. <laughs> no, but that's that's the way they look at us. Uh, the color of our skin is a threat to a lot of people. That's the reason why we have so many uh, innocent people going to jail. Now, I'm not saying everybody shouldn't be going to jail. If you do the crime, you do the time. I don't care who you are, what color you are. If you do the crime, you do the time. But it needs to be fair across the board. Because here it is, even with the January 6th, we've seen a lot of this going on. I think it was the brother. I think it came out. He just made a threat on social media. And he got, what, three or four years? Ones that was there, they actually went into Capitol Hill, got probation, time served. Uh, the grandmama didn't get no time, just got probation because she was a grandmother. Well, hell, she was a grandmother when she decided to go there. 
It shouldn't matter if she's a grandmother. People was able to leave the country after doing a domestic terrorist attack. That should never happen. So, yeah, it's a problem. Um, well, it was the 13th Amendment. Oh, the 13th. It, it, you know, it was it, the Constitution that abolished slavery, but it also uh, promoted involuntary servitude except with punishment for a crime. So if you were locked up, that was free labor. Exactly. Now, now. So I'm going to ask the question, and I know this is something we didn't talk about, but because, and, and Marcellus is the one that brought this thought to my mind when he talked about the prison system, it's a big business. So when these brothers and sisters that been in jail that did not commit the crimes get out, should the prisons be the ones to pay them that money? Because they the ones that made the money off of it. They the ones getting products made, uh, had these contracts to make the products or whatever it is. Should they be the ones to pay it instead of our tax dollars? I'm I'm just asking the question. I think the government should, uh, since they promoted it, they're the ones co-signing on it. They should also pay too. They should also pay. I think we read last latter part of last month at the first part of this month a brother that did all this time in jail they refused to pay him and he was innocent but someone started up a GoFundMe and within a couple of days he made over a million dollars from the GoFundMe that should be something that the government should pay and also that prison yeah uh, they got all this free labor for, for housing them for the, and, 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 put, and you know doing the bare minimum with the prisoners and giving them bare minimum accommodations and pocketing the rest of the money like no you need to, they need to change some things um, <laughs> Marcella said if someone kills someone and they go to jail the prison industry system is getting paid off of the suffering of a victim family and the killer will work inside and pay the prison a hustle. Yeah. Because think about it. All those phone calls, no phone calls, not free. Well, I thought the uh, the family members paid that. They collect calls. Somebody got to pay it. Yeah, I think, yeah, the families paid for it or whoever they call. Yeah. Except those charges, right? I remember, I remember this had been about 20 years ago. This guy I used to work with, uh, he ended up going to jail, local jail, I think on some tickets. He called me, collect on my cell phone. I didn't, I didn't know no different. Uh, Called me, collect on the cell phone. We talked maybe two minutes because he wanted me to reach out to his wife. That call was over a hundred dollars. I told him, look. I'll be taking no calls. <laughs> exactly. I, no, no, no. <laughs> well, it asked if I wanted to accept the charges. I'm like, yeah, it won't be that much. Shit. It was over $100. I said, nah. I told him, look, man, you need to pay that, though. You got to pay that. Um, 
Oh, Marcella said, and the victim family don't get a quarter. Sure don't. They will work them until they can't use them no more. That's why so many people stay on death row for a long time. That's why so many people get longer uh, prison sentences. Kind of like back in the days when they did slave trades. They they display these uh, the slaves back then to show how strong they are. And that depends on how much money they're going to have to pay for that slave. What he prisons, uh, when he... Uh, Offenders or our defendants go to go to court, but they on display. They want to see how much time they could get in prison. I would assume that's what it was. How much? How long would they be able to stay in prison? Well, they young, strong. They're gonna get a steeper time. Same thing. It, it's similar. To me, it seemed like it's similar. I'm, that's my opinion. I don't know. But I've never been in prison, so. Um, all right. Uh, uh, just, about, just going back to the black man did it theory, the boogie man. Yeah, but let, uh, let us. Do those or you wanna, want me to do it? No, we can do it. Hold on real quick. Stand by.